Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Talking to Brett Baer later this hour, moderator of the First Republican Debate, which is a Wednesday night. We love Brett Baer. Joe insists we bring up Trump. I'd rather not bring up Trump at all since he's not going to be at the debate. But uh, that's where it would go. be uh, malpractice, talk show host malpractice, if we didn't mention it. Got a fun fact I want to jam in here before you, you get to whatever you're going to do. Uh, somebody sent this. Of course, I haven't verified it. It's just on a text line, but it sounds right. China has admitted, emitted, not admitted. China has emitted more carbon dioxide in the past eight years than the UK has since the start of the Industrial Revolution. I'll bet that's true. I'll bet that is true. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Hawaii is going to fight global warming by not giving water to West Maui when it's on fire or something. Just these these virtue signaling gestures. Or California is going to stop driving gas cars in what? A couple of years? That's crazy. That is yeah, not going to happen. Well, he, he yeah, knew he, it wasn't going to happen. He thought, I'll be gone by then. <laughs> Well, I, and you can't buy a lawnmower in California, gas-powered right. lawnmower, as of next year, is it? That is really nuts. I seriously, I know lots of people are doing this. I seriously am probably going to buy one really good lawnmower, even though I don't have a lawn right now, uh, just to have one for the last lawnmower of my life. If I was more of an entrepreneur, you know, I'd, I'd bust out some savings, buy 50, stack up the crates in my garage like I'm Home Depot, and then be a clandestine black market lawnmower seller in the future. Wow. 
people coming and going like I'm selling crack How? out of my front window. But no, I'm selling lawnmowers. How many emissions are because of lawnmowers? A, a significant number, a chunk, um, because they they don't have catalytic converters and stuff like well, that. Right, I mean, it's this, not a non-issue, they're but tiny <laughs> engines. Yeah, yeah. You use a gallon of gas a year. Now, what matters is virtue signaling, and this is a good virtue signal. So a couple of stories that are weirdly, I think, somewhat related. Uh, Jonathan Turley was writing about um, the the new trend in journalism. The headline is, Leave Neutrality Behind. University of Texas at Austin uh, initiative embraces advocacy journalism. They imported a, a, a progressive lunatic from Santa Clara University in California, Professor Anita Varma, who's one of the leaders in this. Uh, the uh, the sol- solidarity... Anita Mandelov? I'm looking for Anita Mandelov. Look, I really need Anita Mandelov. <laughs> Maybe your standards are too high. <laughs> um, this is the Solidarity Journalism Initiative at the University of Texas. Uh, it's being financed by tech companies and George Soros Open Society Foundation to help, quote, journalists, journal ed- journalism educators, and journalism students improve coverage of marginalized communities. As Varma wrote in an article recently, solidarity eclipses objectivity as journalism's dominant ideal. She explained, and I quote, Objectivity as an aspirational ideal ends up encouraging journalists to avoid addressing what matters. In coverage of issues like immigration, COVID-19, police brutality, and housing instability, the idea that observations will objectively speak for themselves is quickly off the table. Except that it's not, and you're a liar, and you're a Marxist. Yeah, anyway, I remember. So that's the trend. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I really appreciate the fact that uh, Sulzberger, the current guy running the New York Times, wrote a long piece, which I should read from because it's really good, to the Columbia School of Journalism about how he thinks, nah, this direction you all are advocating is a bad idea. Journalism should be about finding the facts, not advocating a point of view, which I appreciate him saying that. One man's opinion. I'd love to hear that. Sounds really interesting to me because I think this is incredibly damaging. The idea that not only will nobody say, hey, we're just trying to inform you and let you know what's going on so you can make an intelligent decision as a citizen. Not only will nobody say that, this woman's saying nobody should. That's dangerous. That's a bad idea. You've got to constantly advocate for Marxism. Because make no mistake, they use code words like, uh, what was it, uh, threatened community, marginalized communities, aspirational ideas, uh, blah, blah, blah. No, they're advocating for Marxism, okay? So this is weirdly connected because it's very difficult to find anybody who will just look at this topic I'm about to bring up and say, wow, that's a really interesting debate. I would like to know more. That's kind of gone from the world. Maybe we shouldn't be doing it, but... As I mentioned earlier in the show, um, our, our friend and, and, and uh, intellectual, uh, you know, influencer, Tim Sandifer of the Goldwater Foundation, has made the case that uh, Confederate general monuments are really, really weird. It was a treasonous rebellion against the country for unholy reasons. And no country on earth has monuments to the people who tried to overthrow it to support the unsupportable. Slavery, mostly. I know that was more than that, believe me. Um, But that was the big one. 
And I've always agreed with them. But here's one that I think is an exception. And this is a Confederate memorial in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, close by Arlington National Cemetery. Very close to the, the Capitol. In fact, it's right next to the Capitol. The Wall Street Journal editorial board makes the point that in 1898, 33 years after the Civil War ended, so just as a point of comparison, I mean, it's something that happened in 1990. End of the Soviet Union, maybe. Fresh enough in our memories. Um, The Spanish-American War brought a sudden, unanticipated harmony and unity to the country that had been torn apart by the war, the punitive post-war military occupation, um, the, the struggles of Reconstruction, the rest of it. In the South, American flags flew again as the sons of Confederate soldiers volunteered to fight, even if it meant wearing the once-hated Yankee blue. And William McKinley, the president at the time, thought, wow, here's a great opportunity to mend a generation's sectional divide. And McKinley, keep in mind, served four years in the Ohio Infantry in the Civil War went in as a private, came out as a major. Um, and so he really believed in what he was doing. Uh, as an initial signal, he selected three Civil War veterans to command the Cuba campaign. Um, two, I believe, were a union, were union guys, and one was a Confederate guy who all worked together. Um, and, and the Confederate guy, actually, fighting Joe Wheeler, had been elected to Congress from Alabama and was working hard to bring up bring about national reconciliation so anyway four days after the war ended mckinley proclaimed in atlanta and i quote in the spirit of fraternity we should share with you in the care of the graves of confederate soldiers and in that call for national unity the confederate memorial was born the way i read it and there's there's much more to this but the way i read it is mckinley said we mourned our young boys and men who died all the fathers and brothers who died we mourn with you your fathers and brothers too we're on opposite sides it was a terrible terrible period but we mourn with you as a way to bring the country together and that was the reason for the monument what do you think of that argument well i'm softer on confederate memorials in general I don't know if Stonewall Jackson shot Tim's great-grandfather or what, but um, I'm not as bothered by them. The, the the ones that were put up, like, in the 60s or whatever, you know, much later. Well, in the 30s are, and 40s and 50s, yeah. That, yeah. The, that, the, all that stuff that was clearly just, you know, a wink toward, yeah, yeah wouldn't it be nice if still that sort of thing seems a little weird. And to ain't going to be no black kids in my school. Right. Right. I think, like, well, I use the, the example of Stonewall Jackson. I think Stonewall Jackson is the, one of the great military geniuses of, of history, and the fact that he's an American, I think, is cool, and um, I don't know. He should be in history books, not giant statues in Virginia, is the argument. I don't know. I'm not black, and so I, but, maybe it would f- strike me different if I was. Uh, that might be. Yeah, I'm not black either. Perhaps you've noticed that. We've worked together for 30 years. Um, and uh, as an American, I think it's weird and offensive. Um, well, a lot of people that fought in, the Civil, fought in the Civil War, they thought that the North was betraying what we founded the country are on. You know, the variety to this and that and everything like that. I realize the people at the top wanted to keep slavery going because there was so much mm-hmm. money involved and all that. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it was more complicated than than most, you know, over than any one sentence description, you know, can can do it credit. But uh, yeah, yeah. But every revolutionary has a rationale. I mean, Stonewall Jackson had a rationale. So what? He, he committed treason. He attacked the country. He killed a bunch of uh, Union soldiers. He's a villain, a villain of history, period. People are either heroes or villains. That's my world. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel that way, and I'm not. I can't. And I'm not even exactly sure why. Yeah, like I said, I, I I do have an opinion, and I hold it fairly strongly. But I think it's such an interesting topic. I actually enjoy hearing the other opinion. Having um, I, it's 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 worth contemplating. Having most of our military bases named for Confederate generals is crazy. Yes. Okay, so you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. The ones in the South. Yeah. Of course, that was partly a recruiting tool. Hey, we are still well, a country. In fact, idea. General Bragg, uh, he, was, he was a hell of a general. We'll name this gigantic base after I get that. I get that. The reality of politics. Uh, coming up later. If your this... brother slept with your wife and slapped your kid. What are we, with the Biden family? And you later reconciled with him. Would you name your next kid after him? <laughs> but I'm trying here. I don't know. <laughs> wow. It's a heck of a scenario. Well, huh? Stonewall Jackson lover? Hmm? What would you do? We're talking to her. There's a debate this week. It's going to be. I, don't, I, don't, I wonder how big the ratings are going to be. I actually wonder. I remember saying a couple it's about months the ago, echo chamber too, though, right? Oh, absolutely. I remember saying a couple yeah. of months ago, if Trump wasn't there, I wasn't sure I'd even watch. My interest has grown since then. Who's going to come out on top, Asa Hutchinson or Doug Burgum? You're not fascinated by that? I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're talking to one of the moderators, Brett Bear, later this hour. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, 
fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What is a political ticking time bomb for Democrats? According to a former Democratic operative, we'll have that for you coming up next. But I can't believe we haven't hit on this story yet today, as California got hit with hurricanes and earthquakes. The East Coast has this. It lurks in warm waters and raw shellfish. Officials are sounding the alarm about Vibrio vulnificus, a flesh-eating bacteria that's killed five people in Florida and three in New York and Connecticut so far this year. According to researchers, the Northeast cases may be linked to warmer waters due to climate change. Ah. Symptoms of Vibrio include nausea, vomiting, upset stomach, cramps, and fever. The state of Florida has had 26 confirmed cases of Vibrio vulnificus so far this year, five of them resulting in death. And in Connecticut, officials say three patients became infected since July. Two had open wounds and went into the Long Island Sound. The third ate raw oysters from an out-of-state establishment. Well, then don't do that. That's a funny coincidence. I was once engaged to a woman named Vibrio vulnificus. (laughs) Lovely gal. (laughs) So I like they tied that to climate change. I thought it was interesting that when they listed the symptoms of flesh-eating bacteria, having your flesh eaten wasn't one of them. <laughs> that does seem like quite the omission. <laughs> Upset stomach, headaches, and... Okay. Get to the whole eaten flesh thing. Anywho. Hey, you eat the uh, clam's flesh, it eats yours, Right. It seems like something I don't want. Did you see the video over the weekend of the unhinged United Airlines pilot who went berserko and started, I don't know, he says he just hit his breaking point, and I didn't read any more about that. I imagine he decided to, I mean, because you're a pilot. You're a certain sort of person to be a pilot. This isn't oh, yeah. This isn't a flight attendant. This isn't a crazed passenger screaming, yeah, that guy back there is not real. This is a pilot. Yeah. And he lost his mind, and it was on video because it was out in the parking lot. Something about the 
I'm guessing he's like sticking his ticket in and it kept coming back out or something like that. I've had that happen before. Something just put him over the edge and he gets out of the bat and he starts beating on that wooden bar that's keeping you from driving through. Wow. <laughs> in his wow. pilot outfit, his white shirt, black pants. Oh, yeah, you'd hope uh, your pilot's a little more even-keeled than that. We'll have that video for you at armstrongandgetty.com in just a couple of minutes if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, that's a good one. Sorry to hear that. Got two stories that fit together a little bit here. Saw this story in the New York Times. Who owns the Amazon? As in uh, rainforest. The loggers who hold government titles or the final survivors of a tribe that there was, a lo- was there long before? What, are you possibly going to go through the world and start giving stuff back to people that were there before? Ignoring all contract law and deeds and that sort of stuff. And it fits in with this. We got this text. I went to an event last night at the Museum of Flight to listen to a shuttle, um, an astronaut, blah, 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 talk. The program began at 6. And if you heard a loud boom, it was my head exploding. The host started with, the museum recognizes that this was built on the land owned by the Duwamptious Indian tribe. Oh, that trend is heaven. just so nutty. Okay, what tribe had it before them? You go back another 10 years or 50 or 100, somebody else. Okay, go back a 1,000. Who had it before them? And the people before them deserve a mention, too, and the people before them. 10,000 years ago, somebody ran off who was there with clubs and bats and killed people. I guarantee you. There ain't a square mile on planet Earth that hasn't been possessed by 15 to 500 different civilizations. You virtue-signaling, soft-headed morons. Can you imagine if they did that sort of thing in Europe, like in Germany or France? Oh, yeah, please. Even in the 20th century, there were like 22 different maps of Europe. It's silly. We'd like to uh, state that this was held by the Ottoman Empire. Uh, the Prussians before that, the Russians before that, then it was the Visigoths. I think the Goths had it for about an hour and a half in the year 1133. If I've missed anything. <laughs> uh, big debate Wednesday night. All the Republicans on the stage except for Trump. Brett Baer is the moderator, and we're going to talk to him next. How exciting is that? We're a big deal. Big fan. you got to yeah, be a big deal him. to get Brett Baer to come on your show. I mean, he just, come on now. Yeah, all right. Um, If you miss an hour of our show, subscribe to the podcast so you get all the hours. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So does it matter to these primary voters if Donald Trump is on that, pro- that stage or not? Well, he's not in a competitive race right now. Right now, they would nominate him, and it would be not close. It'd be an easy win for him. Yeah, to that point, as we await Brett Baer, moderator of Wednesday night's debate, he is going to join us polling out yesterday and today. Yesterday, the national poll came out in which Trump had increased his lead. He's absolutely right. One more indictment. <laughs> he's going to be really hard to beat. Um, <laughs> he's up 62-16 over DeSantis nationally now. 62%. That's incredible. And then, okay, you say national polls, who cares? State poll. First Des Moines Register, Iowa caucus poll is out. And this is a highly respected poll that has been right about many, many cockeye over the years. Has Trump at 42 over DeSantis's 19 in the first state poll? Completely unprecedented. A non-incumbent or semi-incumbent with that sort of lead? It's crazy. Absolutely amazing. What a pleasure this is to chat with Brett Baer. Brett is the anchor and executive director of Special Report with Brett Baer, the best damn newscast on the TV, cable or broadcast. Uh, Brett is also co-moderating the first Republican debate of this cycle with the fabulous Martha McCallum. Brett, how are you, sir? Hey, how are you? Morning. We're pretty good. Uh, So uh, let's get the big orange elephant in the corner of the room out of the way. Trump has announced he's skipping the debate in favor of an online interview. What do you think that says about his relationship with the Republican Party at this point? 
Well, I don't know if I can divine what he thinks about the, you know, the Republican Party or the relationship. I, I do think that there's probably disappointment at the RNC that he's not showing up. Uh, we were prepared either way. Uh, and really, this is about, you know, all of these candidates getting a moment uh, to introduce themselves and also to talk about substance. You know, it's a lot of time that um, now is the time that people start to focus in the presidential year. The kids are back in school. You're done with summer vacation. And this is the first big event. And, um, you know, if you look at polls, some 63 percent say that they'll they um, probably or definitely are open to voting for somebody else besides the former president. So, you know, whether it's his relationship, um, eventually he's probably going to have to get on one of these stages. Yeah, I would like to point out that that first question was under protest from me. I didn't want to mention Trump at all because it's driving me crazy. When I watch the Sunday talk shows that every candidate, many of whom I don't know at all, they don't get to talk about anything except for Trump. I mean, on Face the Nation, Meet the Press, any yeah. of these shows. Not the same on Fox Sunday, but the other shows. So I look forward to some policy discussions other than that. For instance, and I know you know this, because you interviewed Chris Christie a couple of weeks ago, and Chris Christie was the most pro-Ukraine person, maybe of anybody outside of President Zelensky that I've heard, calling it a, a proxy war yeah. against China and everything like that. And you know where Ramaswamy is on that, and he's the flavor of the month. So, I mean, there's a great conflict there. Can you can you poke them with sticks and get them going with that, with that uh, conversation? Yes, 100%. And there's a number of those issues uh, where the stage is, is split in these different candidates, how they look at things. And um, this is not just a Q&A. You know, a debate is, is a debate. And so we're going to try to foster some of that back and forth between candidates. And we'll let it free flow for a little while. Uh, we're going to try to keep them in the guardrails. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've done this kind of thing before uh, and had some success. So we've been structuring questions like that so that viewers at home really get a sense of the different sides of the Republican Party on the same issue. We've observed on this show many times that this is kind of a strange time politically in that the party doesn't set the platform and then choose a candidate to reflect the platform. Often the candidate declares what the platform is. So I think these debates have elevated importance. We might hear what the Republican platform is likely to be Wednesday night. Yes, 100 percent. And I mean, you look at controversial issues like Ukraine, as you mentioned, you look about you look at abortion, which Republicans have been, you know, politically on the backside of as far as these referendums around the country. Um, and they haven't really talked with one voice about how they're going to address that issue. Uh, and there's a few others and which these individual candidates have thoughts. And you're right. If they become the nominee, by the way, on the same stage that we'll be doing the debate on um, in July of next year, uh, they'll, they'll take the party nomination. If they become the nominee, they essentially become the party platform. I know you've done this a bunch of times. How do you decide how closely to stick to the rules? Because I always feel like a lot of candidates are rewarded for breaking the rules. You know, you're not supposed to jump in or whatever, but you jump in with your zinger and the crowd roars and it becomes the clip of the night. Yeah. We're going to listen. It's uh it's you have to see the moment and kind of feel the room. Uh, you are trying to keep them to time. You're trying to keep them by the rules. Um, but there'll be certain times when you try to foster that interaction. You've got, you know, we'll find out this morning, eight or nine people on stage. Um, and that's, you know, a lot of folks it's spending a lot of plates to make sure it's equitable. 
You know, one thing that's always driven us crazy about debates, especially on some of the other networks, is every single question is from a progressive point of view. Instead of asking, uh, why is it important to reinstall fiscal sanity in Washington, D.C., they'll say, why do you want to starve old people? Um, we're looking forward to hearing questions from a more conservative point of view. Are you conscious of that as you prepare? Or does that just kind of come naturally? I mean, it's a little bit of osmosis after being at Fox for 26 years. Sure. Kind of get the... Um, I get the other side, you know, there's always another side to the mainstream media's portrayal of some issue. And, and largely we're, we're doing that every day, but right. You're going to hear questions that come from both angles. Um, and definitely things that conservatives, you know, want to hear. If you ask Republicans in a separate poll, what's most important to them, you're going to see and hear the buckets of questions that deal with those topics. How are they going to be lined up on the stage? I, are you going to, since Trump's not there, are you going to have DeSantis in the middle and then like Ramaswamy next to him and poor Asa Hutchinson down by the exit? Or how's yeah. that going to work? Yeah, basically. It's uh, the top uh, percentage who gets uh, closest to the middle, and then you go out from there. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the stage is, is really great. It's set up... Uh, Fantastic. It's, you know, where the Milwaukee Bucks play. It's a great, impressive um, facility. And, uh, you know, Fox, our team does a really good job. So uh, you'll be able to see it and hear it. It'll look good. Uh, the question is how the candidates do, and that's up to them. Well, and we're really looking forward to seeing it. Um, but uh, just one more question about debates in general. We're both anti-audience. We think it's a distraction, people yelling. How about just let the ideas stand up for themselves? But uh, we're we're probably in a tiny minority, I guess, because there's always an audience. Why is that, do you think? Well, I think it's a big event. Uh, the RNC is in charge of this operation, so they bring in people from around the country, all of their all right. big donors, all their big, all big right. legs, and they want to you know, pack the stands and, and show them a good time, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an opportunity for them. We're not running that part of the show, but I can tell you this, that – we're not going to let the audience, you know, get out of control. You know, I give a little speech before we start. The more time that we have to stop for audience applause or interaction, the less time you're going to hear from these candidates on the issues that you want to hear about. Sometimes that works. Sometimes you got to stop and, and remind them. But, um, We'll keep it going. Yeah, that's worth mentioning all the time. You know, as a moderator, moderators get beat up bad. I mean, you know. Just <laughs> Thankless in, task. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I wouldn't want to read Twitter that night if I were you. No, that's right. If I can get out of this with Martha and I uh, unscathed and not the focus, <laughs> right. it'll be a good thing. Right, that's the goal. Brett, we are big, big fans of yours. Keep doing a terrific job. you got a great team there at Special Report, and uh, I hope this isn't our last chat. Good luck on Wednesday night. We'll love it. Thanks. I appreciate it. You got it. And is your primary objective to not end up the story somehow? As a I moderator? think they need to have big, burly, like uh, belligerent bouncers roaming up and down the aisles. If they say, okay, folks, a big uh, round of applause. Now, we're going to ask you to withhold your applause, please. Some guy starts clapping. You have one of the bouncers just push his way through the row. People grab him, drag him out. I mean, Trump's running away with the dang thing. If it's not a pro-Trump crowd, is that good? That wow, that's weird. an interesting I question. I mean, if Chris Christie lands, uh, Trump blows, and the crowd goes wild, well, that's not representative at all of the Republican Party's mood. 
Well, it is. It is and it isn't. I mean, if you take like all Republican and Republican leaning voters, there's only 37 percent that says they're going to support Trump. Now, among primary voters, it's much higher and Mm. he will get the nomination if something else unless something else happens. Let me jam this in just because I thought it was interesting. It kind of fits in with what we're going to see on Wednesday night. I mean, democracy is what democracy is, and it's the, it's the way it works. And the the way you get elected is not, well, it'll become clear here in this. So this guy, Mitch Daniels, who is governor of Indiana and has been thrown around by a lot of my favorite pundits as, man, he'd be a good president for years. I think he's never run because he's not the sort of person that is going to get a lot of attention. He had a piece in the Washington Post over the weekend about how we don't appreciate Calvin Coolidge enough, President (laughs) Calvin Coolidge. And he writes, a nation drowning in debt and in serious need of a cultural course correction could do much worse than to examine the life of the quiet man from Massachusetts. We live in a time when the leadership of both parties, in the face of brutal arithmetic, of which they cannot pretend to be less than fully aware, continues to drive the federal government and its safety net programs off of a cliff. And at the bottom of the cliff waits not only an economic, but also a social crisis. That is so true. Yep. It's going to royal the country. 100%. And it's, in, and it's inevitable unless we course correct and nobody's interested in it. Well, and you're going to hear the cries of millions. How did this happen? Why did nobody warn us? <laughs> Coolidge, who limited government employees to one pencil at a time. Yes, there you go. What are you only going to write with one at a time? Summed up his policy in 1924 as, I am for economy. After that, I'm for more economy. At this time and under these circumstances, that is my conception of serving the people. And that is what he did. And he cut the um, national debt by a third. (coughs) And uh, Daniels goes on to write this. We're mired in a hot dog, look at me, dance in the end zone world. Success is in public capacity seems reliant not on the quality of office holders' ideas or effectiveness, but on their cleverness and audacity in sound bites, tweeting, and other performative arts. It's hard to imagine any more countercultural, less in sync with today's zeitgeist than Silent Cal. That is absolutely true. Whatever Calvin Coolidge, whatever however you want to describe, we are at the complete opposite end of our politics all the way around. Yeah, yeah, we're at a time where Bill Clinton looks like a moderate. Well, and just we're just more soundbitey and uh, and performative than we've ever been. Yeah, I could have done a better job of that. Uh, remember when Clinton was uh, running for an elected president? Everybody said, "Great, now we're electing talk show hosts, or I'm sorry, game show hosts as president." Slick Willie playing his sax and with a sense of humor and the rest of it. He's not a serious man. He's Cal Coolidge compared to our, our <laughs> <Right>. current politics. <laughs> right, absolutely. We will Aye. we will finish strong next. I'm just speechless right now because, for one, I can't believe it happened. Like, why would you arrest a 10-year-old kid? I was like, son, why did you do that? He said, mom, my sister said I ain't got a bathroom in there. Another officer came over there and was like, your son got to get out of the car. He got to be arrested because he can't do that. I started, like, crying a little bit. They had, like, took me down there. And they got me out truck, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't know what was happening. Oh my God! 
10-year-old kid pees behind his mom's car because he needed to go somewhere and get him by the bathroom. Officer comes up and says he needs to get out of the car. I don't know how I would react to that. My kid's not getting out of the car. He's going to arrest a 10-year-old child? My kid's not getting out of the car. What are you doing? That that could turn ugly. What do you mean my 10-year-old needs to get out of the car? The officers then transported the 10-year-old to the police station to complete the paperwork where the child was released to the mother. With mom or by himself? How would you react to this? You're not taking my 10-year-old away. What are you talking about? I don't know how I would react to this. That could be ugly. Yeah, the the mother was there when the, the cop claims the mom wasn't there when he observed the 10-year-old urinating, but then she showed up. and It was an error in judgment for us to transport the child to the police station since the mother was present at the time as a reasonable alternative. Mistakes like this, a reminder in this profession, is the continual need for training and refreshers on the various topics that we encounter each day. Oh, my God. You got to train a guy not to transport a 10-year-old to the cop shop because he was whizzing. You're, you shouldn't be a police officer. No, you shouldn't. Young man was given a youth court referral for the incident. Just tell him, son, you got to hold it or try to find a bathroom if you possibly can, okay? And the kid says, okay, I will. And you say, all right, have a good day, young man. What, what happened to sanity? Seriously. <laughs> What the hell happened to independent thought and adult ability to make a decision, a reasonable, common sense-based decision? Has it changed, or do we just hear about every instance because uh, the way the media works? Yeah, could be some of that, too. You get to hear about every stupid thing that happens. True enough, and lots of stupid stuff happens. That's yeah, true. Maybe we'll have to talk about this more tomorrow. So, uh, polit- former political advisor to Michael Bloomberg told the New York Times, there is no question in my mind that the politics of this is a disaster to the Democrats. What is he talking about? All the migrants from various countries in New York City. And how people who live in New York ain't digging it. The conflict over how to handle the tens of thousands of migrants coming from the southern border has brought scrutiny on Democratic leaders, namely the governor and the mayor. It's just a question of when all this explodes, says one former Democratic candidate for governor. I just don't know how long you can evade this, and I don't know it gets better in the next year to two years. No, it won't. And I sincerely apologize for being a pain in the arse, but they're immigrants. That's a perfect example of the left trying to twist language to get us to say migrants as, they're, as if they're just moving from one place to another. No, they're moving across a national border. That makes them immigrants. If that costs Democrats elections, that's going to be hilarious. Check your clock. It's time to stop. Jack and Joe, they've got to go. And if they don't, you can't. They'll be back tomorrow. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Our technical director, Michael, will lead us off. Michael? Still holding out hope that 10 minutes before the debate, Trump arrives by helicopter and says, hey, I've decided to do this thing. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath, but uh, what the heck. That'd be something. I wonder if they'd let him on the stage if he did show up last second like that. Hmm. Only if he signed the pledge, right? 
A silly, silly pledge. Katie Green's our esteemed newswoman. Katie, final thought? Well, we had that cop that arrested that 10-year-old. They should take up that uh, whole hiring illegal immigrants. Maybe they'll get some better cops. There you go. You mean undocumented migrants? No. Racist. Jack, a final thought? Speaking of undocumented migrants, just to follow up on the story I did there, so that uh, advisor to Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor, said this issue alone has the potential to cost Democrats the House because it is such a huge issue in New York City and the coverage is every single day and voters have had enough. The sanctuary city welcoming immigrants from all around the world as soon as they got any now it's kind of they're willing to vote republican over it love it my final thought we discussed this earlier in the day president biden using multiple pseudonyms for email accounts including one where he emailed hunter and said hey i'm talking to the ukraine president poroshenko later today why why that's an odd email send to your son who's working for burisma that story could have legs Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. They're loco. It's a little too much donkey dog. We work together and continue to work together. And to work together. Get out of here, you moron! You hippie! <laughs> I haven't said a word, so stop yelling at me. So let's go out with a bang. If Literally. your brother slept with your wife... What are we, with the Biden family? And you later <laughs> reconciled with him, would you name your next kid after him? <laughs> but I'm trying here. I don't know. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.